Hello again, Team NXT. We are back at it again. CD, Danny Mac here, bringing you episode 98 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. It's that UFP show talking about the NXT show. It is a beautiful day here in Carmela's Kayfabe Kingdom of Staten Island, New York. And what a week of NXT action we had on October 9th, 2019 with a cruiserweight championship match between Leo Rush and Drew Gulak. We had Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on Roderick Strong, the North American champion, and a crazy main event of Walter versus Kushida. And you're going to have to hear that in all capital letters if you can for me. But before we jump into the NXT action, it is that time of year again, the wrestling podcast awards the nominations are in i'm up for solo podcast of the year once again i fell just a little bit short to the goat y2j chris jericho last year and being a runner-up to a wrestling legend definitely not something i look at as a downgrade or a diminishment to my self-esteem but the support keep it up Thank you so much for listening to this episode, the first of many times. I'll be thanking you for listening on this one, as is tradition each and every week. So get the nominations in, support your favorite fan-driven podcast. We live in an incredible professional wrestling online community. You just need to know where to look. There's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of creative discussion going on. Support each and every single one of the podcasts that you listen to each and every week. And that certainly includes this one. Definitely a shout out to The Rant for helping put this together. Podcast over the year. Last year, Ant and his crew, very talented fellow Northeast of the United States representatives in the professional wrestling discussion scene. So thank you for constantly including me in all of the tweets promoting this event. Get out there and vote. I'm sure the sheets will be out soon to do so and the nominations I know close out pretty shortly so if there's any other shows that you want to see considered make sure you reach out to the Wrestle Hub and the Rants and be sure that your voices are heard. Great week of NXT action as I mentioned before so let's jump right into it and an emphasis on jump in this one Leo Rush taking on Drew Gulak for the now deemed NXT Cruiserweight Championship. It's official. We've heard the rufflings and rumors going around that NXT will take the 205 Live roster underneath its umbrella and the Cruiserweight Championship has been rebranded and I do think this is great for NXT talents. I don't want to see 205 Live completely disappear. It's a great show. It always delivers as far as in-ring action goes. Lots of creative stories in there. Lots of alliances that you wouldn't expect you want to see. Lots of tag teams coming up and through. So definitely tune into 205 Live if you may be falling a little bit behind on your coverage of all things pro wrestling. I know it's a lot right now. We got Raw. We got Impact soon to be new episodes on Tuesday starting October 29th. We have the greatest day of the week for professional wrestling with NXT TV and AEW's Dynamite Thursdays, kind of a little bit of a respite for anybody catching up, assuming that you're not watching NXT UK, which I've started hopping on that bandwagon again, and we will definitely talk about 
WWE's United Kingdom champion Walter at the main event segment of this show. There's, and of course, Friday Night Smackdowns on Fox, huge, it, it has that big fight and big show feel. So now that I laid out the wrestling schedule for you, jumping into this match, you could not ask for a faster start by the quick, athletic, and charismatic Leo Rush. When a match starts off with a Spanish fly in the center of the ring, you know we are in for some great action in this one. Definitely, without a doubt, this match is deemed as a clash of styles. Leo Rush, fast, high-octane offense. You don't know which angle he's going to come at you from, including springing off the bottom rope and hitting the come-up stunner. So happy that move has a name. What an impressive arsenal Leo Rush has. Clash of Styles, Drew Gulak, submission specialist, a scientist in the ring, a technical expert. The man can lock you up and counter any submission hold he may be held into. A scientific breakdown of opponent when it comes to facing Drew Gulak. Definitely the technically superior competitor in this ring. The outside risks and the risks that Leo Rush was willing to take to secure a Cruiserweight Championship victory definitely cannot be overlooked. Some of this did backfire on the rapid-fire Leo Rush, but it did not stop him from this overall accomplishment. Outside risk not paying off. He got launched into the ring crew. It's very dangerous with a small close quarters combat that we can see within the confines of Full Sail Live. So much going on in this matchup. You can't blink for one second when Leo Rush is in the ring. You might miss something spectacular. Couple rare mistakes by Drew Gulak. And I mentioned the clash of styles and how different these two men are. But Drew Gulak looking to attempt some offense off the top rope. We've known Drew Gulak safe and sound, feet on the ground. A no-fly zone was deemed for 205 Live so many times by the creative law of the wrestling ring. That is Drew Gulak not paying off for the Philadelphia stretcher. Gotta stick to the submission game. Got to know what took you to the dance, what secured you that cruiserweight championship in the first place. Not the comfort zone for Drew Gulak, but it's right at home for Leo Rush. Gulak would pay for this attempt of top rope offense. Not ideal. Leo Rush able to counter into one frog splash. Not just, and that would not be the only one that we saw this evening. The come-up stunner and a huge final hour frog splash on no better day than what would have been Eddie Guerrero's 52nd birthday. Securing the victory and the Cruiserweight Championship for Leo Rush. I cannot think of a better story tale ending for this matchup with Eddie Guerrero's birthday. Huge, impressive frog splash passing of the torch. It's such a beautiful maneuver. The guy gets so much height, so much extension, and a whole hell of a lot of impact. You could even see it by the way he hits the ground and has to sell himself flying off his opponents right before 
the three count. This match would end with a gold rush for Leo, and he came to collect the new NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I really, really enjoyed this matchup. Drew Gulak has had such great matches since this new persona took over. A new aggressive Drew Gulak, the law of 205 Live, but the law was broken by Leo Rush. Where does this leave the now former Cruiserweight Champion? This is something that I've really wanted to get into this episode because we do have the upcoming WWE Drafts. We have Friday Night Smackdown starting things off and it will conclude this upcoming Monday on Monday Night Raw. So, Gulak, no longer Cruiserweight Champion. Do I think he sits stagnant as part of the NXT or 205 Live roster at this point? As impressed as I was with Drew Gulak's past matches on 205, on NXT rather, with Kushida, going back to a match with the original bro, Matt Riddle, after taking care of a man I'm still yet to see get his own time on NXT TV Live, Eric Bugenhagen. I do think that Drew Gulak has the potential to shake things up and get shuffled over to Raw or SmackDown. Gulak has the talent, he has the believability in his grappling game, and we've seen him have such great matches within this 205 Live and NXT roster. I really want to see him go up against some brand new opponents. We've seen the success that Ali has had on SmackDown. We saw Buddy Murphy, a former Cruiserweight champion, get his own great television time in a main event storyline with Roman Reigns and this Eric Rowan attack. I think Gulak can fit the mold as a successful crossover from 205 Live, from the NXT roster, up to Raw or SmackDown. And I think that it's well-deserved for Drew Gulak. He's a veteran at this point in his career. I think there's a lot of submission specialists I would like to see him mix it up with on any one of the red or blue brand shows. I think Drew Gulak is headed in the right direction despite this loss of the Cruiserweight Championship. What's next for Leo Rush? I think Leo Rush has a number of opponents I want to see step up and become contenders for the Cruiserweight Championship. One man that comes immediately to my mind is a man we've seen compete countless times on NXT since his debut in the original Cruiserweight Classic. I'm talking about Raul Mendoza, who has had a number of impressive showings just in the most recent number of weeks, taking Cameron Grimes to the absolute limit, the former breakout tournament number one, uh, excuse me, semi-finalists, Cameron Grimes. Raul Mendoza can take it to bigger opponents. I would love to see him go head-to-head with Leo Rush in a fast-paced, really high work rate cruiserweight championship opportunity. Uh, What happens with Johnny Gargano? Johnny Gargano making it known he wants to stick around on the brands that he has become the rebel heart and soul of. Can Johnny Gargano go from a triple crown champion to a grand slam champion the first in NXT's history? Before anybody says, wouldn't that be a huge downgrade for Johnny Wrestling? Not if, not necessarily a downgrade for Johnny Gargano, but an elevation of the Cruiserweight division. Going back to the roots of the Cruiserweight division, it is what got me into professional wrestling. Seeing guys like Rey Mysterio, 
Dean Malenko, Psychosis, Blitzkrieg, the li- Billy Kidman. The list goes on and on with impressive talents that have gone on to do great things. I think Johnny Gargano can elevate the division, not downgrade his status. We've seen Johnny lock it up with a number of opponents, giving Shane Thorne one hell of a matchup last week on NXT TV Live. I think that Johnny can secure a spot in NXT history once again by becoming a Grand Slam champion. I think he can get more of the best out of Leo Rush and this Cruiserweight Championship reign. There's so many opponents that can fall under this NXT 205 Live umbrella to elevate one brand and two divisions simultaneously. I think the Cruiserweight Championship's involvement, not just with the NXT branding, but with the NXT creative side of things coming into play as well. We can start to see some really meaningful storylines come up as well with the inclusion of the Cruiserweight division on NXT TV. The NXT NXT Cruiserweight Championship is in good hands with Leo Rush. I think Drew Gulak's career, he can take his technical superiority to Raw or SmackDown and really make a mark for himself and put Catchpoint Pro Wrestling on the map on the mainstream. On the mainstream, in the mainstream, whatever I'm trying to say, you guys get my point. Drew Gulak can take his technical superiority to any show and deliver some really great matches. Cannot wait to see what the future holds for Leo Rush and the now NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Speaking of people I cannot wait to see coming up next and coming back for major return hype are Finn Balor and Tegan Knox. Finn Balor coming off a tough rivalry with the Fiends Bray Wyatt has returned home to NXT television and made a statement by getting in the face of NXT champion and leader of the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, baby. So a rivalry developing there. Finn Balor's home, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, has returned to a brand that he has helped form in his rightful demonic image. Finn Balor coming in was one of the hottest signings in NXT history, making his first mark known alongside Hideo Itami slash Kenta, taking on the Ascension in a great tag team tag team match way back when. Finn Balor main eventing the first ever NXT TakeOver Brooklyn event against Kevin Owens in one of the most memorable ladder matches in the brand's history. I cannot wait to see where Finn Balor's career and when Finn Balor's career gets rejuvenated and makes NXT the brand that we know it can be. We have Johnny Gargano kind of carrying that torch as the face of the brand. We have a returning Finn Balor to remind us how important and how special NXT is. So I cannot wait to see what the future may hold for the extraordinary man. And a return into the women's division, a long-awaited return of Tegan Knox, the Welsh native suffering an ACL injury during the Mae Young Classic, which really helped elevate Rhea Ripley as well. Rhea Ripley's new badass, I could give a damn about my opponent's attitude, was really shaped in the match that Tegan Knox got injured in. So Tegan Knox, whereas that injury may have detrimented her career, 
can create something special in her return and has created something special in Rhea Ripley's current character and her future run at the time to the first ever NXT UK Women's Championship. Speaking of Rhea Ripley, let's talk women's action and Rhea Ripley. The Nightmare would make her presence known at the detriment of Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne. Rhea Ripley going one-on-one with Aaliyah and this one. Aaliyah attempted. She did all she can, but you cannot even scrape the Nightmare. Rhea Ripley is powerful. She's dominant. Her heavy metal is not just in her music. She has a heavy metal attitude to back it up as well. Absolute dominance by the first ever NXT United Kingdom Women's Champion in this one. Delivering a standing... I don't know what to call this here, Team NXT. A standing figure four. A standing reverse figure four. She had Aaliyah twisted up like a dang pretzel. She almost made like a number four out of her body while she was standing and just dominating over Aaliyah. And just when you think that the standing submission wasn't enough, she threw in a little bit of a taste of a Cesaro swing in the action in this one. What an impressive presence of power Rhea Ripley has. No choice but for Aaliyah to submit And Aaliyah, an NXT veteran, very hard to do. That's kind of become one of the catchphrases as a part of this show. But Aaliyah's, she's she's hanging around in there. I like this little faction and alliance that she has with Vanessa Bourne. I really think these two need to start competing and making a mark in the women's tag team division across WWE. But being victimized with Rhea Ripley could not spell anything but disaster for Olia's immediate impact. And speaking of delivering some impact, Rhea Ripley once again calling out Shayna Baszler. She mentions the dominance of Shayna Baszler, putting her over as the most dominant NXT Women's Champion of all time. And I won't take anything away from Shayna two-time, but she is not Asuka 500-plus days. I think title reign lengths are more of a show of dominance than retrieving the championship two, three, four, five, sixteen times as some of the greatest of all time have done. Just a personal opinion. I know there's a lot of debate as far as professional wrestling fans go when it comes to what matters more, number of title reigns or number of days, but I'm a number of days guy. You really can't top the dominance that Asuka held over the NXT division, but I will not put any detriment on the title reigns that Shayna Baszler has had. As far as dominating her opponents, we saw a lot more of close call matchups when Asuka was defending the title than while Shayna Baszler has defended the championship. Every match Shayna has had, tap, nap, or snap. It's not just a catchphrase, it's been a bona fide fact across two separate championship reigns for Baszler. But one woman that has not tap, snapped, or taken a nap, is the nightmare Rhea Ripley. Bringing that point to the forefront, and Shayna, Rhea is coming for you. Nightmare on Elm Street, nightmare in the NXT Women's Division. Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler in a promising unfolding of a championship rivalry. We'll talk about another person 
who has a retribution on her mind when it comes to Baszler's title reign, and that would be the EST of NXT, Bianca Belair. But I do want to jump into some tag team action and tag team creativity when it comes to entrances. Breezango, innovating once again, innovating and entertaining. At first, not just myself sitting at home, I'm sure not just you guys sitting there watching it. A construction worker entrance for Brizango. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who thought this. I'm sorry I can't give you credit online for whoever I came across speaking this. But a female version of Heavy Machinery was kind of the first thing that came to mind. I thought we were getting some women's tag team action when this entrance first started. But no, it's Tiger Breeze. It's Dango. It's Brizango coming out as construction workers. And as Nigel and Morrow pointed out, there were no tools on their tool belt, but they still looked damn fine doing it. And I do want to call out the phrasing of Beth Phoenix with the pipe cleaning there. I'm, uh, I'm going to leave that up and open for interpretation. Anyway, at first glance, we thought we were going to see a rematch between Brizango and the promising tag team in this division, Everrise. Everrise... Two men who were inspired by Edge and Christian, two fellow Canucks, and Beth Phoenix definitely uh, definitely paid notice to that. However, not exactly as Everrise had planned. We would see the savages of NXT, the Forgotten Sons, Everrise laid out at the hands of the Hammer in Jackson Riker. Hammer or Hatchet? I think I think he has more of a hammer vibe. I know he was known as a gunner at one point. Anyway, military badass, not just one, but one of two military badasses featured in the Forgotten Sons. This Forgotten Sons and Brizango rivalry could be based on aesthetics, just looking at the difference in appearances by Brizango and the Forgotten Sons. But nevertheless, we got an impromptu challenge by Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake taking on Tiger Breeze and Fon Dango. A fast and furious matchup. Brizango getting some unexpected competition, but it did not diminish how these two looked at their competition. Tiger Breeze finally getting a chance to shine, show what he can really do, show what longtime fans of NXT like myself have known that Prince Pretty is capable of. You look at any of the great number one contendership Scenarios back in 2014, 2015 of Tiger Breeze, the self-titled Takeover Fatal 4-Way, a great showing for Prince Pretty at the time. Tiger Breeze, a man who has faced another Japanese phenom, Jushin Thunder Liger at the first ever NXT TakeOver Brooklyn event, kicking off the show with an incredible entrance. Tiger Breeze finally back in a place where he can get the spotlight on him and really show what he can do between the ropes. And honestly, Fandango has never looked better than in this run, in my opinion. And that includes a WrestleMania match with Chris Jericho, of all people. I think Dango has become unchained. I think he's looked fast and furious in his own right. He's really never looked better. And I really take this team of Brizango seriously, despite their antics and never-ending source of entertainment. However, the numbers game and the savagery of the Forgotten Sons can never be looked past. 
Riker, Riker was advantageous of the chaos taking place in this matchup. The difference maker laying out Breeze on the outside and the Forgotten Sons would just take it from there. I like the tandem offense that Blake and Culler are able to deliver. I know this is up for debate and I definitely want your thoughts at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. I like the tag team maneuvers that the Forgotten Sons are able to deliver. The power bomb to the knees in the corner and the memory remains, I think is a really cool name for a finisher. I like the controversy and uh, the irony, I guess, about it, for, for lack of a better term. The memory remains that vicious stomp to the chest reverse DDT would seal a victory for the Forgotten Sons. An emphasis on tag team wrestling and being able to deliver and form a rivalry outside of a title picture, something I always look for, and I think it's great with the emphasis on tag team wrestling this week. AEW had their own tag team tournament started, and I thought the Young Bucks and Private Party delivered a great match. I'm really loving that AEW has a replay from 10 o'clock to midnight Eastern Standard Time here in the United States going on right after NXT with the detriment of missing a first few minutes. Hey, I wonder if that was intentional. Of course it's intentional. Uh, tag team division needs to shape things up. We don't know really what the what the future of the Street Profits hold as far as them being so highly prominently featured on Monday Night Raw. I really like what they've been doing as far as being MCs and leading the the conversation and the the events happening on Monday nights, but I'm really ready to start seeing them across on Monday Night Raw. I think it's I think it's important for Ford and Dawkins' career. I think their tag team title run, I think their ladder match at TakeOver 25 that I was fortunate enough to see live in person, I think they've had some memorable moments in NXT. I think that the main roster, and I hate using that term, especially nowadays, I think the red and blue brands could use a little bit of a shot in the arm when it comes to tag teams with the charisma that the Street Profits hold. So I think their time is dwindling on NXT TV. Don't know how a lot of people feel about that. Just my two cents. I think it's important to start building important tag teams. I think that the Undisputed Era is going to need credible challengers outside of Ford and Dawkins. And letting Brizongo, two veterans of Raw and SmackDown, come back to NXT and make this tag team division important. I think this rivalry can elevate them. I think the Forgotten Sons coming back and being able to execute and just lay out opponents, I think that that X factor and that monster within a tag team division is needed. I'm always all about faction warfare with the likes of Imperium, Undisputed Era, and the Forgotten Sons showing what they can do as a trio filled with dominance. I think that the tag team division across the board in WWE needs that shot in the arm. I think that the NXT tag team division is headed on the right track. And I cannot wait to see what becomes of Brizongo and the Forgotten Sons. This rivalry is far from over. All right, from the good news in the tag team division, let's talk about something that has me a little bit down in these men's singles division. We saw Boa 
NXT Breakout Tournament competitor take on the aforementioned Cameron Grimes, the runner-up semi-finalist, well, finalist in the NXT Breakout Tournament. And Cameron Grimes is really going out of his way to hurt my feelings. First, NXT Live on the USA Network. First episode ever. I get to see Sean Maluda, another fellow Shaolin, Staten Island native on national television. Get stomped out at the hands of Cameron Grimes for a quick squash victory. And now it happens to Boa. Boa, a fellow practicing martial artist, a man who is expertised in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. You look away for one second and boom, pop, it's over. Cameron Grimes stomps out Boa for another victory. Cameron Grimes and his hat back on television, and uh, that's probably the part that I like about him the most is, uh, I don't know what his gimmick is, besides I'm a little bit crazy and I wear hats to the ring. Um, still trying to figure out what's uh, what's up with the formerly known as Trevor Lee. I know he's a twisted creation of the Hardy Compound. I bet there's a lot more to the guy that meets the eye, but he's definitely getting some heat with me by stomping out two of my uh, two of my preliminary favorites and up and up on the rise in the NXT division. However, a man who we have seen beat and brutalize his opponents in the past and recent present, the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane, makes his way to the ring after this victory by Cameron Grimes. The attention at first, you would think, is for a monstrous meetup between him and Cameron Grimes. But all of the attention seemed to be set on Boa. Absolutely laying out Boa. Killian Dane showing his dominance over Boa. Laying him out on the announce table. Claiming that this is only the beginning. Possibly a message to Cameron Grimes. Do we see a monstrous meetup between these two in the near future? Do we see some sort of twisted tandem alliance between Grimes and Dane. I think this direction can go a number of ways, but Killian Dane is not one to be forgotten despite losing that street fight to the original bro Matt Riddle and just coming up short in the NXT Championship number one contender opportunity. I'm really glad that we are still getting the dominance of Killian Dane. The guy is a monster. He's talented. He delivers whenever he steps in between those ropes. Killian Dane is a standout big man on the roster as far as I'm concerned. I would love to see Killian Dane versus Walter somewhere down the line. I think Killian Dane could be tailor-made for the NXT UK roster alongside some other fellow Irish talents like the Irish ace Jordan Devlin. I think Killian Dane is not a, is not a name to be forgotten, but what a beatdown that Boa suffered at the hands of the Beast of Belfast. I'm just happy Killian Dane is able to come back and we can take him seriously right away. Believable beatdowns by this man. So I'm definitely all in on Killian Dane getting some more screen time and able to throw around some more opponents. I think Killian Dane is due for some big things despite coming up short in that Matt Riddle rivalry. And this week, Dane stood up came out, beat down, and took what he saw as his. Somebody who also wants a little bit of attention and 
has his sight set pretty clearly on an opponent is the Archer of Infamy, Damian Priest. I'm all about Damian Priest. I have a little bit of a bias because he is a fellow New Yorker, both from New York City, but the guy looks like a star. He's got the size. He's got the charisma based on this promo. I'm really, really liking what Damian Priest is doing. I love a good outside of the ring filming promos in a not typical sort of background scenario, just hanging out on the streets, showing the life that this man leads to the absolute fullest, while also calling out another longest reigning champion, not just in NXT's history, but professional wrestling history. Pete Dunne has been a champion in WWE with that United Kingdom champion for 600 and 85 days. We heard from Pete Dunne later in the broadcast, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna touch on these two segments at the same time here because this is a rivalry I am looking forward to. Damian Priest painted the bullseye on Pete Dunne's back last week after Dunne had a great hard-hitting match with a fellow bruising brute in Danny Birch, and honestly, Damian Priest he wants his name to live forever, and it could be at the expense of Pete Dunne's name. And Pete Dunne just not letting that happen, laying down. Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne has all the accolades he could really need to make a name for himself. 685 days, I'll repeat, as WWE United Kingdom Champion. Remember the matches he has had defending that title and even claiming that title for the first time at TakeOver Chicago against Tyler Bate. We've seen Pete Dunne take on larger opponents before in Joe Coffey at NXT TakeOver Blackpool. NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, excuse me. So we've seen Dunne hold his own against larger opponents. And one looming question in this rivalry, and a quote that I absolutely loved, was how do you shoot an arrow with broken fingers? The Archer of Infamy and the longest reigning WWE United Kingdom Champion will meet next week in what is sure to be a name-making matchup for Damian Priest, really able to show that he can hang in there with the current big names on the NXT and NXT UK roster. Priest versus Dunn next week. And while we're on the bandwagon, before I address Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on Roderick Strong, let's talk about another big rivalry that will continue next week in a rubber match. A fight forever chant has never been so apropos than for Dominic Dijakovic and the limitless one, Keith Lee. It's like these two men were destined to fight forever. Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, the matches that these two men have had going as far back as to their double countout. Dijakovic holding the lead, one nothing, up until a couple weeks back where Lee was finally able to secure a victory in a big-time matchup. These two men bring out the absolute best in each other. Lee and Dijakovic, who is going to get the upper hand? Who is going to take the advantage in this rivalry? We will find out next week in what is sure to be another fight forever chant worthy match. I'm really hoping that's the main event. This rivalry deserves it. It's one of the best rivalries outside of an NXT title picture that I have ever seen. 
there is not one moment in these matches where I have been able to just kind of zone out. When Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee, and pun completely intended here, Team NXT, you cannot help but to feast your eyes on every single second of combat that these two men put each other through. Lee versus Dijakovic in the rubber match next week. It's one apiece and one in the middle. Who's going to get the advantage? Who's going to break out in this matchup, though? As Roderick Strong, representing the Undisputed Era and reigning North American champion, takes on former Evolve champion and another standout from the breakout tournament, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Swerve, he had my vote to win the entire tournament at first glance. The charisma, the moveset. I love wrestlers that I can look at and watch their matches and say, I have never seen that before. And Swerve Scott has delivered a lot of those moments on NXT TV. And Roderick Strong, we know the tank that the North American champion has. We know that he can go and go and go like the goddamn Energizer Bunny. Strong, saying this is his house, Swerve wants to kick the door down. Swerve with innovative counters from across the board. A splash from a cartwheel on the bottom rope. One of those moments where I jumped out of my seat and said, I have never seen that before. At least on mainstream wrestling television, I haven't. Swerve Scott delivering innovative offense, but Roderick Strong's innovation for backbreakers can never be overlooked. Roddy can make a backbreaker from absolutely anything. You want to try and get the guy down for a submission? He's going to lo- he's going to break that lock and lift you up. You think that you got the fast-paced momentum and you think you're going to carry into something special? Roderick Strong, he's going to catch you and he is going to make you pay for it. This matchup was absolutely great. Really solidified Isaiah Swerve Scott as a possible future number one contender for that North American championship. He did push Roddy to his limits. But something that can never be overlooked is the support from his dude crew. The Undisputed Era Brotherhood alive and well at this point on NXT television. Undisputed Era showing support for Roddy at an opportune time. And it only takes one second of shifting your attention away from Roderick Strong to the Undisputed Era members that will cost you a matchup and a really a precious moment for you to keep the momentum going. The end of heartache would spell out heartache for Isaiah Swerve Scott, who would be later locked into the stronghold, the lion tamer, my favorite modification of a Boston Crab, Roderick Strong with the submission victory over Scott. I'm really looking forward to these two guys going once again. Another rematch between Swerve and Strong is more than welcome in my book. I think Swerve is something special. Like I mentioned, he's been at the top of a company before, a former Evolve champion as Shane Strickland. Roddy really making, really carrying the momentum since winning that North American championship from the Velveteen Dream. I thought this was a very important matchup for him to win, but also very important to shine the spotlight on a breakout superstar like Swerve. And you can never forget 
the king of the NXT kingdom at this time, Adam Cole, baby. He would give credit to Swerve. And I think that's important. I think any form of praise as maybe even with a hint of sarcasm as it may have become from Adam Cole, you you can't look past getting props from the NXT champion, but the Undisputed Era is on absolute fire and the top of the food chain at this time. Cole claims Swerve Scott is good, but nowhere near the level of Roderick Strong. Cole putting out the question, who can measure up to the levels of the Undisputed Era? Who has the kind of drive and craftiness that this faction has? Well, who can dream of dethroning the Undisputed Era? And at that time, did somebody say dream? D-R-E-A-M, the former North American C-H-A-M-P, coming out, making his very, very famous psychological attacks well-known during this segment on NXT television. Dream shows just a little bit of the reality in Roderick Strong's life. The now, I guess, infamous photo of the Burt Reynolds style. I know that might be a dated reference to some of you listeners out there. But the sunglasses and title picture and oof, nothing else, I'm sure... A photo that means a whole hell of a lot to Marina Shafir. At this point in time, Dream is questioning, can you measure up? Will you be stripped of the North American Championship? I love the Photoshop. I love the cancel, do not smoke, uh, for lack of a better term, emoji over the uh, over Roddy's little rod there. And, uh, well, I, I don't say little in a... In a detrimental way, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the what the stronghold is holding. Two weeks time, though, we will have a rematch between D R E A M and Roderick Strong. I love the psychological attacks of Dream. I love these. Well, it's usually pseudo sexual. This one was right out smack there in your face about it, and I thought it was a very entertaining segment from the talents of Velveteen. Dream. And just when you think that this couldn't get any more star-studded, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, the NXT Tag Team Champions, Roderick Strong pictured in a rematch against the Velveteen Dream again. The former NXT Champion, Tommaso Ciampa, coming out looking like a million bucks post-injury with a camouflaged crutch. A camouflaged crutch and a chair. The, the twistedness of Tommaso Ciampa. What's going through the mind of the Black Heart? Redemption. Reclaiming what he never lost. Wanting to prove that Goldie, Daddy, is home. Ciampa has his eyes set on Adam Cole, baby. What is surefire a future NXT championship matchup? So, mind games from the Velveteen Dream, mind games from the former champion Tommaso Ciampa, Undisputed Era, getting attacked by almost all angles out here on this edition of NXT TV. Memorable segment. I don't know how you didn't get goosebumps when Tommaso Ciampa stated, Goldie, Daddy's home. What a moment that we got out of these six 
very talented men. And let's talk about a seventh, shall we? Angel Garza. Angel Garza taking a little bit of exception from the attention that Queen Kathy wanted from Tommaso Ciampa. Angel Garza saying, why wait for that guy? Why why delay an interview with a star when you got one right here in front of you? And Angel Garza would further take exception and it would get him a punch in the mouth for his trouble. After I don't personally speak Spanish, um, I'm sure it was nothing complimentary to the Blackheart Tommaso Ciampa. Angel Garza would get punched for his trouble. Queen Kathy inquiring what Angel Garza might have said. Tommaso Ciampa didn't know. Tommaso Ciampa just knows that Angel's not worth the trouble, not worth the time, so he popped him in the mouth. And this match, this match is slated to take place next week. I think it's going to be quite a charismatic clash. Angel Garza versus Tommaso Ciampa due up next week on NXT TV. Let's jump back into women's action, though. Another memorable return over the past couple of weeks is the Kiwi Dakota Kai, captain of Team Kick, taking on the EST of NXT, a former number one contender for Shayna Baszler's championship in Bianca Belair. I really enjoyed this matchup for a number of reasons. I thought it was a great strike versus strength match with Dakota Kai, the captain of Team Kick, putting the boots to Bianca Belair and Bianca Belair's strength in being able to manipulate Dakota Kai. And Bianca Belair is the absolute total package of athleticism in this women's division. There are very few things that Bianca Belair cannot do when it comes to taking down an opponent. She can outpower you. She can manipulate you with her submission game. Bianca Belair even has a little bit of a striking arsenal in her own right. Both these women, a total package of athleticism, just with different factors coming into play. Dakota Kai needs the confidence of Bianca Belair. I think she really displayed something here in this one, even giving us a little bit more of an edge and an attitude when facing somebody as upfront as Bianca Belair, somebody who has the confidence of the EST. I think Dakota Kai really needed a good showing here, and she got it. I really, I honestly don't agree with her losing this matchup here, but I do agree with what this victory for Bianca Belair would set up. So it's kind of a double-edged sword for me as far as what the stakes for this matchup becoming. Each woman pulled out the major offense, The kick by Kai, however, would be countered into an EOD for a 1-2-3, a W on the scoreboard for Bianca Belair. Dakota Kai losing a matchup this soon after returning to NXT TV, not something that I agree with, but Bianca Belair getting a meaningful victory, I do agree with. So like I mentioned, double-edged sword, it really all depends on where your more fandom is is implemented, whether you're a bigger fan of Belair or you're a bigger fan of the returning Dakota Kai. Belair would take exception to Rhea Ripley's earlier claims of defeating Shayna Baszler. Bianca Belair wants one more shot at Baszler. Bianca Belair has been dedicated and determined since her first opportunity at Shayna Baszler for that number one contender spot to be the woman who will dethrone the Queen of Spades. So Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley. This would be the best bet as far as getting strength versus strength really shown in the women's division. 
We saw the strength of Rhea Ripley with that innovative submission and swing on Aaliyah earlier. Bianca Belair, total package, the strongest in the division. It cost her in this matchup, but she was able to squat Dakota Kai from her shoulders. And uh, really another powerful display for the EST on that. So Belair versus Ripley, I definitely see it's written in the stars for these two stars to go head-to-head for a number one contendership matchup at Shayna Baszler. Where my fandom lies in that, I really want to see Ripley versus Shayna Baszler in a match that doesn't end with a uh, with a disqualification. I think Bianca Belair, she had her one-on-one opportunity. She was featured in that fatal four-way and tapped out to Shayna Baszler. So I think Bianca Belair's chances and believability of dethroning Shayna Baszler kind of suffered a little bit from her taking the loss in that fatal four-way. But Belair, always improving, always confident, always a contender, always top of the food chain as far as I'm concerned in the NXT women's roster. I think it's Ripley's time to shine though. Hopefully we see that matchup sooner rather than later. Oh boy, we are at main event time and I just looked at the time on this here episode. I've been trying to go I used to give you guys 35 to 40 minutes when NXT was one hour with the two hour elevation. I thought, okay, maybe I could up it to 40 to 45 minutes, but I'm going on and approaching 50 minutes here, team. So I thank you so much for listening and hanging out with the NXT discussion for this long. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate the constant support and I'm really hope I'm able to make whatever experience you got going on, whether it's a commute to work, a walk to class, whether you're working from home and just need some background noise and discussion. I really thank you so much for giving me your time and your attention. It really does mean a lot. And from the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you guys enough for being a part of Team NXT. Let's jump into main event time. It is Kushida versus Walter needing to be said with an elevation in my voice to express the boldness and capitalization of these two gentlemen's name. We are walking into this matchup with undefeated records on each side. The WWE United Kingdom champion and leader of Imperium has not been stopped since arriving on NXT TV, no matter what brand you're discussing. And Kushida, with a number of impressive Victories in his own right in singles competition, even teaming with the aforementioned Brizango, taking on Imperium, able to seal the victory for his team as well. However, Nigel would give the numbers and the breakdown of these two gentlemen as far as their body weights, their heights, and just giving us these numbers, it really did not paint a pretty picture for Kushida at the beginning of this matchup. So I was fearing for Kushida's safety this entire matchup, as you really should fear for the safety of opponents when they take on Walter, because those monstrous forearms and chops are nothing to be trifled with. The speed versus the speed and submission game of Kushida versus the utter power and dominant presence of the WWE United Kingdom champion was the story in this matchup. I thought Kushida delivered a fine hell of an arsenal in his offense. We saw the submission game come into play. We saw that David versus Goliath figure of Kushida trying to break down the body of Walter from inside the ring and outside of the ring in this matchup. Very similar to the cruiserweight 
title matchup we saw earlier of where this action would take place. Kushida attacking Walter from all angles, really working on that shoulder to not just take away one side of the chops, but also to really soften things up or attempt to soften things up for that hoverboard lock, that modified Kimura that Kushida has delivered and led him to a lot of success in NXT so far. Kushida would do every damn thing he could to lock in the submission, including some top rope offense. A submission breaking down from the top of the ropes to the bottom of the ring mat. Absolute in awe of this move being executed. Kushida pulling out all the stops to to deliver a head-to-head competitive matchup with Walter. A Masahiro Tanaka wind-up punch would not find as much success as Tanaka was able to find in Game 2 of the American League Division Series. Let's go Yankees. I'm sure I lost a couple of listeners after saying that, but I stand by it as a New Yorker. Let's go Yanks. And I love the influence that we're able to take Kushida from Japanese baseball scene to his in-ring competitiveness. I love that shout-out that Mauro Ranallo gives each and every week, and I really love when a move has an interesting backstory that really hits me from that hits me right in the heartstrings. However, one Japanese sensation-influenced offense would not pay off for this Japanese sensation. I really like the ending of this matchup. I thought it was really interesting. Walter would end it with a ripcord lariat clothesline, I love that Walter was able to defeat a Japanese phenom with another well-known Japanese phenom, Okada's own finishing move. Walter putting Kushida away with a Rainmaker-looking maneuver. I think that says a lot, and I think that's, that's pretty great. I thought it was creative. Walter is not just a man who ends things by one maneuver. We've seen the man put out people with TKO. We've seen the man put out people and even win the WWE United Kingdom Championship with a huge frog splash at NXT TakeOver New York, WrestleMania weekend. One of five title matches that evening. Walter can end you in so many ways. The man's offense is a never-ending list of dominance. Imperium would stand tall at the ends of this edition of NXT TV. The mat is sacred, and this victory is just the first blemish in Kushida's record so far. I don't think this did any real harm to Kushida after a competitive matchup with one of the more dominant champions in the NXT slash NXT UK brand at this time. I think if you got to take a loss to anybody, it's got to be believable to lose your undefeated record. And who more believable than a man the size, the poise, and the power of Walter? Imperium standing tall, Alexander Wolf, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel. These guys just, they look like such badasses. The mat is sacred. Incredible catchphrase and incredible stance to live by in your competitive spirit. Really can't wait to see what in the future what the future holds for Imperium. I know we're a little bit ways away from Survivor Series weekend ends War Games 3, but Imperium Undisputed Era, Velveteen versus Roddy coming up in two weeks, Tommaso Ciampa face to face with Adam Cole. 
Like I mentioned before, the Street Profits future in NXT is kind of up in the air right now, but I can't think of one better farewell match than to have those four side with each other against the Undisputed Era in War Games. Where does Imperium fit in the mix? Three factions. We've seen some makeshift teams go in War Games in the past. So Dream, Champa, and Street Profits, as interesting as that would be, and as far-fetched of a concept as that might be, you got to admit to me, Team NXT, stranger things have happened, and unfamiliar alliances have proven to work out pretty well in the world of professional wrestling. Cannot wait to see what the future holds, and just a matter of next week, I cannot wait to see what NXT television holds. We have Pete Dunne, versus Damian Priest, Dominic Dijakovic versus Keith Lee in what is sure to be another memorable matchup in that rivalry, Tommaso Ciampa versus Angel Garza next week as well, and in two weeks' time, we will see a rematch from the first edition of NXT TV Live, Roderick Strong defending the North American Championship this time against the Velveteen Dream. Thank you so much for listening. We are going 98 episodes strong here on the Undisputed Future podcast. On the road to episode 100, I got a few things planned for episode 100. I'm going to be sending out tweets with questions and polls. I want to know your favorite NXT champion, your favorite NXT women's champion, your favorite NXT tag team champion. Who do you think is your favorite North American champion so far? Who do you think would be a great future contender for the NXT North American champion? So many questions, so much outreach I want to do. I want to include as many people in on the discussion and shaping episode 100 as I possibly can. I'm looking to get another featured co-host formerly on the show in Matt Savage. Matt has wanted to be on episode 100 probably since episode 85. So he's a longtime standing bookmarked host, co-host rather. You can go back a couple episodes to Wednesday Night Warfare, check out to see what he has. He's a music teacher. He knows how to, he knows his vocal pitches. He really delivers behind the microphone in his own right. So shout out to Matt if you're out there listening, buddy. Um, you're, you're on there. It's on. You're on the episode 100 roster. Really hoping to get a special panel put together, but your input, my listeners' input, is most important because I cannot do this without your support. Thank you so much for listening and continuing this road to episode 100 with me. Be sure to follow the show at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. Be sure to vote for me in the Wrestling Podcast Awards coming up soon as best solo show. My only future... My only real featured and consistent co-host is the Velveteen Dog Colin, and honestly, he doesn't have much to say. The dog barely barks, so it's really just me carrying this entire show. So please put me up for votes as best solo podcast of the year. It would be an absolute honor to add that to the resume of this show as the longest-running independently produced NXT podcast available. Please don't forget about the UFP show, talking about the NXT show when you're casting in your votes for wrestling podcast awards reach out to the rant and wrestle hub great group of guys running each of those shows as well give the facebook page a like i repeat it each and every single week although not many updates coming from there i really only use my facebook to share memes and uh, communicate with the comedians of wrestling podcast group 
Great group of fans over there as well. Great podcast hosted by Dan Black, stand-up comedian with the most viral stand-up about professional wrestling. He'll tell you himself. So be sure to give that show a listen and sign up for that interaction on Facebook. And be sure to follow the Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. Really trying to put out a different picture each and every week to promote when these episodes are available. I'm really trying to start releasing shows on Friday mornings or Friday afternoon slash evening. At some point during the day on Fridays, you'll be able to hear this episode because with the current NXT schedule, I think that... NXT is live on Wednesdays, but a lot of people are watching AEW live, and a lot of people have lives to look forward to, and a lot of people have to go to sleep and not able to catch the replay immediately after. A lot of people choosing AEW over NXT just on Wednesdays, but watch the NXT replay on the WWE Network available Thursday evenings. So I live in the hashtag spoiler-free zone when it comes to NXT TV. I try and live tweet as many vagueness as I can because the discussion is just so hot and I want as much fan interaction as I possibly can, but I'm not going to put out a show if I know it has the potential to spoil people's viewing experience. So Fridays, look for the episodes. Definitely Be sure to follow the Instagram when episodes release. It will be first announced on there. As far as the social media goes, that will accompany a new episode tweet as well. Thank you so much for listening. I am CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. Have a great weekend, wrestling fans. And thank you so much. I will talk to you next time.